Let Lita take you on a journey of faith, life, travel, and interior design. Take your life out of the status quo and into 2020. Status Life with Lita is brought to you by Status Home Design and by the law office of Derek M. Hayes at 404-777-HURT. Hello again, everyone, and welcome to Status Life with Lita on Business Radio X. We are broadcasting live from the Subaru of Gwinnett Studio in the Sinesta Gwinnett Place Atlanta Hotel. Lita has over 20 years working as an interior designer, and she's now a full-fledged lifestyle expert, podcaster, and blogger. Status Life with Lita will take you on a journey of faith, life, travel, and interior design. Lita's mission is to bring you her knowledge and fun teaching ability to help each of us design a life we love. My name is Derek Hayes. I'm the host of the show, and it's my pleasure to introduce the star of the show, Miss Lita Brooks. Good afternoon, Lita. Good afternoon. Great Hi, Derek. to see you as always. Thank you. Well, before we begin, a quick reminder that Status Life with Lita is brought to you by Status Home Design, your one-stop shop for all of your home and gift needs, the Status Market, your online shopping experience, and the Law Office of Derek M. Hayes. Injured in Georgia, make the right call to the law office of Derek M. Hayes at 404-777-HURT. You ready to dig in? Are you? Not really, but because yeah, I kind of know what's coming. You but do. I'm, I'm a little worried about this, well, that's and right. I'm going to explain why. Are we ready? The seat's All right. hot already, and we haven't even started. Here we go, guys. So today, we are going to discuss a topic that is very relevant to Derek and I as a couple, and we are a couple if you're just joining us for the first time. Derek is my quote, sweetie. I won't call him my boyfriend because I'm too old. <laughs> Anyways, we talked about that in another show. But this topic is also very relevant to every single person that is listening. I promise you that. We are going to talk about the art of purging and decluttering. I do not necessarily think this is an art form, but maybe it is. I do have an expert on the show with us today who's going to join the conversation to help us dig a lot deeper into why we hold on to our possessions. When is this healthy? When does it become unhealthy? And what does the process look like to begin to declutter? Derek, are you ready? Well, you said the words purging and decluttering and I automatically cringed. So I know. know All right. So I got to tell everybody why, right? We're both kind of cringing. And I felt like coming into this show, this was going to be a tough one for Derek. So we are in the process of moving and we are blending. So I have a home. I have my children. Derek has his home, his children. And Derek, you want to give the backstory? How long have you been in your home? So 15 years I've been in my home and it's been just me and my kids. They were four and seven. And so ultimately over the course of 15 years, as a single dad who was a partner in a law firm working 60, 70 hours a week, volunteering to coach every sport my kids played, being dad, all those responsibilities that come with it. Ultimately, decluttering and purging were words I had no concept what they meant because I sure as heck didn't do it. I can attest to that. And this is part of the problem. Now, I'm going to let everybody in on just a little bit about Derek and I. We, I could say rarely, we rarely argue. We rarely have any kind of disagreement, scuffling. Like we... I think, Derek, and everybody's kind of getting a little intimate with us here, we have a phenomenal relationship. I think we speak really well. We respect each other tremendously. There's a lot of love here. And this moving process has been really tense, <laughs> right? This, is, this has been really, really difficult. You and I, 
we're in a much different place with what we like to keep, with what we have. So we have a house under contract, and this house is going to be the blend. We're, we're going to be under one roof or with our children and, and everything that goes with it. Animals, we're blending some pets. She's um, a cat person. I'm a he, dog right? person. So, so, again, this is everything, and, and that's a whole other podcast about blending families as single parents. Okay, that's not for today. What we're talking about is the physical possessions and that it really struck me when I was thinking of show topics and what's going on in our lives and how relevant this is. Now, this is not relevant to us moving, not just relevant to us moving, and it's not relevant to the decluttering between you and I because I've been working as an interior designer for going on 21 years. This is something that has been relevant every single time I go into someone's home. And that's really where this idea sparked for me. Our guest today, Miss Julie Rankin, she and I spoke about this almost five years ago when I first started my store because she... And you're going to hear as soon as we bring her on the show, having the knowledge behind why we hold on to our possessions. Again, this is something that every single person struggles with, whether you're a person that has no attachment and you get rid of things very quickly or you have a lot of attachment or you sit somewhere in the middle and everybody falls into one of these categories. That's why I said every single person is going to get something out of this show. What if you're a minimalist and your partner is not, which is what Derek and I are struggling with a little <laughs> bit. It is. Well, yes. um, and it has put a little bit of strain into a relationship where there is no strain. And so that's been really interesting for you and I to navigate. I have to give a story here, okay, because I'm going to laugh about it, but... It's really not funny. So he has a ridiculous amount of clothes, and that's okay, sort of. We'll talk about that later. So I'm trying to help, and I decide to take a pile of, okay, this we keep, this is going to Goodwill. This we keep, he's already, he's so uncomfortable, you guys. <laughs> it's awful. And I said, all right, you get veto power. You get to look at the Goodwill pile that everything is okay to go to Goodwill. And I'm telling you, when Derek was done, the keep pile was about 75% larger and the Goodwill pile was just a couple little things. Like, he couldn't do it. He, you cannot do it. Even clothes that I thought, when was the last time you wore this? And you couldn't even give me an answer. And back in the closet they went. So, I'm sorry. All I could say was, yes, dear. No. <laughs> yes, dear. <laughs> No, and I get really frustrated. I'm like, oh, like, I, we can't keep all this stuff. We can't keep all this. Cannot go to the new house. But he's trying. I'm and succeeding in many ways. You guys, Fisher Price baby toys. Okay, his kids are 19 and 22. And I was purging and decluttering their baby clothes and their baby toys. That's the severity of this problem. But, and again, in my Here defense, I he, had a okay. 9,000 plus square foot home for me and two kids. Okay. And there were truly parts of my house we just never went into. And okay. that's that's it. I and understand. This is the perfect time to bring Julie on because she's going to explain all this to us. Okay. <laughs> and I, I love you. And again, it's, it's hard to be on the podcast and to be vulnerable. And I know Derek is in the hot seat today in a way he probably doesn't want to be. But I love you. I adore you. We're going to dig into this. Okay. But just so we're clear, I didn't keep those things. You did not. Oh, my gosh. No. You guys know. we finally went in the room and cleaned it out. Do you know what Bagster is? Anybody that's listening? Amanda, do you know what Bagster is? Derek, explain this. So Bagster is a company, I think, connected primarily with waste management. And you purchase this massive canvas bag that you put in your driveway. 
and you can fill it with all the debris, all the garbage, whatever you want to get rid of, and they come and pick it up. So you pay, I think, 30 bucks maybe for the bag itself, and then they charge you 115 bucks maybe to come and yeah. pick up the and bag. Yeah, and then the more they pick up, the cheaper the right, pickup right. gets if, if they're picking bags, up sure, multiple. Sure. sure. So we went through quite a few bagsters. Yes. Can Absolutely. I tell the number? Well, sure. Five. These are mini dumpsters, you guys. They're, it's the largest Ikea bag that you've ever seen. They're canvas, and you stretch them out over the driveway, and you put all your trash in them. Now, of course, you're not supposed to put electronics or old paint, anything hazardous waste, right? But you can purge, and it was phenomenal, and you did so good. I've given everybody props that says, how did he do? Five bagsters went, but yes. the problem is we had five bagsters, okay? Yes. All right. Well, let's get on to Julie. Yes, because we got to get her the, in. I'm the excited. Corner for the moment. So, <laughs> Julie, I, I hope you can hear me now. We're patching you in. Are you able to hear me? Yes, Derek. How are you? Well, kind of squirming a little <laughs> bit in the moment and maybe starting to squirm a little bit more because now we brought you into this. That's right. We have our expert. Hey, Julie, how are you? I'm good, Lita. How are you? I'm doing well. Thank you for being here. And I'm going to tell our listeners, Julie is not here in studio with us. Julie lives in Kentucky and has been so gracious to clear her afternoon to patch in with us. So, Julie, with clearing your afternoon, will you tell all of our listeners some of your credentials? Tell us uh, what makes you the expert on this subject of purging and decluttering. Yes, well, uh, first, I am a psychotherapist. I am a licensed professional clinical counselor here in Kentucky. So I work face-to-face -face with people in the beautiful bluegrass region of this state. I am also a nationally certified counselor and a life coach. So I have clients across the United States and I help them figure out what's important, what they want to achieve and how they can create their best lives. In addition to that, however, I have been studying and writing about the psychology of possessions for about 25 years. So I do what is called closet therapy. Uh, which has to do with figuring out why you have what you have, want what you want, and can't get rid of what you can't get rid of, which and sounds applicable to you guys. It, as a hundred, I was, was come, the words were coming out of my mouth that that is a hundred percent on point with the topic of today. I think I left something in my car. I'm going to run out to my car for the next 30 or 40 minutes. <laughs> Thank you. You're sitting right here. Okay. Actually, this is going to be therapeutic I, for I'm us. I'm going to be able to normalize a little bit of your experience. When you were chatting about having children's possessions, you know, dating back to Fisher-Price days, children's things are one particular category that do happen to be very difficult to declutter. Sure. And if you don't get ahead of that curve and kind of make a decision and figure out how to do that through the years, uh, you can be really challenged. And ironically, as you were saying, too, having such a large home and the luxury of storing things allows you to tuck them away and forget about them. And that's kind of it. We um, had one part of the house that nobody went into for quite a few years. It just was um, you know, left as it had been. And my son had a new space in the home uh, in the basement. My daughter had a completely different side of the home from the other part of the upstairs and I was on the main floor. Well, it was their playroom. It was and an then, old playroom, And then, correct. right, you were saying, I understand the logistics of this. It was, you know, kind of one of those big bonus rooms over the garage and then the kids became older and they weren't playing anymore. So all, the door kind of got shut. Teenagers move into their teenage rooms and that was kind of the way it was left. 
right? That's it. Okay. Sam on your side. I'm on <laughs> well, your side. and actually talking about helping him with the clothes, clothes are also a category that can be particularly challenging in terms of trying to declutter. Uh, books are another difficult category, photos, gifts or inherited items, uh, work or career materials. So there are in fact categories that people across the board have a little bit more difficulty when trying to declutter or, or make their collections smaller. But you guys also present a classic issue, which is we each have our own style of living with our possessions. And when we fall in love with someone and then decide to blend our lives with them, we have to blend those styles and they can often be very different. And so we need a process more of kind of coming to understand who we are and how we like to live with possessions, how that differs with our mate and then kind of find our common ground in all of that. Okay. Problem is though, we have had too much stuff in this country for some time. We're living longer and that sounds crazy, but we do live longer. We move more. We have larger homes and we have more storage space. And we do inherit other people's items. You all are challenged with children's things. Um, other people get challenged when their parents age and or pass away and they have to handle those possessions. There's actually some some general reasons as to why we're a little bit more challenged with things. You might be interested to know, if people feel bad about what they have and also they feel bad about constantly wanting more. And I always tell people I am not anti-materialistic because we actually have a drive to, to want more. It's called the drive to acquire. And if you think about it, back in the caveman days, you went out to get what you needed and you could never get enough. There was never enough firewood or, or things to eat. So we actually have this drive inside of us to look around and want something new and different. And that makes decluttering more important because it means you're going to consistently through your life want and need different possessions so you've got to find that balance between bringing things in and then releasing them and letting them go. Okay, no, that makes a lot of sense. So I wanted to ask one more specific. So you went through some of the categories of things that are extremely difficult. I wanted to ask, and this is very relevant to Derek, about sports memorabilia. And we've joked on there that that's Derek's design style, ha, ha, ha. But every... Not everybody, I can't generalize it that broad, but a lot of people, you, your alma mater, you know, you really get into your team and how well they're doing and how well they're not doing. And this is an obsession for a lot of people here in America, men and women alike. And is there any psychology behind that, behind keeping things specific? Because it's relevant to me because we have a lot of this stuff. I, you know, went to an SEC school and I have no attachment to it and Derek did and yet he has an extreme attachment to it and not to the school but to possessions from the school. 
That's a great question, because on the one hand, you can collect sports memorabilia that's not necessarily related to your past. For example, you can collect baseball cards or, you know, signatures of players. But if you are holding on to and have a lot of memorabilia that is related to your past uh, experiences, your alma mater, then what we're looking at is two, two main factors here. One, which is sentimental, okay, which represents the tie between you and the object and your past. But the other factor that plays into it is identity. So that, in other words, when you're thinking about your time in college or your time, you know, rooting on your team, you're also remembering yourself at an earlier phase of your life. And, you know, for most people, college is a pretty exciting time, not just because you get to go and spread your wings and come to know who you are, but it is a real time of promise and excitement about your life. It's part of why our friendships from that period of time tend to last so long. For Derek to be looking back at his alma mater and the sports activities and holding on to those objects Part of that holding on would be to those memories, to the experiences that he had, but also to a sense of himself, which may be why he wants to hang on to them. Well, I'll interject here. She went to Georgia, just so we're clear. Oh, I went please. to Alabama. And as a University of Alabama <laughs> grad, we have quite a few national championships. I think Georgia had their one. Okay, see, two. this is where so it goes. So nonetheless, oh, there's – but no, it, it goes beyond that. I played sports all the way through my – uh, childhood all the way through high school even into college and so with that being said it, it's a passion in my life sports of any sort and so the tendency is not just the University of Alabama memorabilia but I have as an example Muhammad Ali boxing gloves uh, Cal Ripken uh, autographed hat those kinds of things where it's the the one of the premier players in each sport I'm not a hockey fan per se but I have a Wayne Gretzky autographed hockey helmet so it's a I love the you know, the, the sports star who's excelled to the extreme in their sport and considered to be the, the best among the best. And so there's that. And it, there's some I, monetary value to those things as well. But it's I enjoy people who are at the top of their competition, top of their game. And that's what I want to be. In yes. Life. I was say, yeah. That, so that relates to first you as an athlete, but second, you as someone who values the idea of a, a champion, someone who excels and makes it to the top of their category. And those would be exciting items to own. And I hope you have them displayed or, you know, have a place that you can see them and enjoy them. Because I always say to people, you know, in, in many ways you don't have what you don't see. So a lot of stuff in storage, you know, may make you feel secure, like I didn't have to get rid of it, but at the same time, the things that you can walk by and see in a cabinet or even show a friend resonate with you in a deeper way. But sure. I think for you, then the sports memorabilia goes beyond your past. It ties a little to your identity. It also ties to your values in life of what's important to you, uh, success and, and being the best that you can be. Sure, and absolutely. then it is exciting to remember these extreme athletes who make all of our hearts excited when we watch them perform. Right. right. This is fascinating. Really. 
I, I'm just completely enthralled by this conversation because it's so eye-opening and it's it's true. I never would have thought that way about the items and the memorabilia, and I just love her very eloquent answer about that. Another thing I want to interject here real quick is we talked about decluttering in my home. I never had the hoarder's house you see on TV. So no, 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 there no. Was not you a have a beautiful home. He don't, like that, you're not in that much of the hot seat, okay? <laughs> Uh, another passion of mine is is art. It's part of my life. I worked in animation at Disney, and so I enjoy art. And I've had a tendency to collect art through the years, um, not just something that someone painted that's a friend, but you know, actual artists, the 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 ones that are collectible, so to speak. So I have an abundance of that kind of thing as well. The hard part for me as a partner is when he used the word abundance. There's abundance of everything. There's just an abundance. And so I want to take a quick poll. Um, Amanda's here in studio with us, kind of running the show behind the scenes. Amanda, purging, decluttering, easy for you or difficult? I'd say that I have to put some thought into uh, my decision in order to purge. I probably consider it a lot longer than I should, but I am able to part ways with the items. Okay. Derek, would you like to answer the question? Uh, I need to run to my car real quick. No, answer the question. <laughs> well, it's... it's Difficult, yes, but uh, again, it, it's for me. It's also been one of those things. I just never made time for it. To be perfectly blunt, I was in a home for fifteen years, and decluttering and purging was probably the last on my list of priorities. All right. So for me, I'm going to answer my own question. Relatively easy, but I will hold on to sentimental. But they have to be organized. I I like a, a good antique trunk. Right, all my childhood items, if they fit in the trunk, I can keep them. And I love to go through the trunk. I love to show my kids the trunk. I do, Julie, you talked about books. I have a really hard time giving away books. I, I will hoard books, but I love to read. So for me, books are knowledge. Um, but other than that, everything can go. I, I'm not, but I organize it. I keep clothes that were my children's, but I, I have certain bins for them and I plan to make their blankets. So, I will keep it as long as it serves a purpose. So I'm an organized, very organized uh, in my decluttering and in, in my purging. So Julie, I wanted to take that quick poll because I just, I kind of want you to talk in general terms. We've, we've broken apart some of the issues where I acted or I, I spoke about sports, but keeping or decluttering in general. If you are a person that it is very easy for, uh, like Amanda, it's a little bit of a struggle. She'll think it through. Uh, or someone, uh, I'll say a little more like Derek, that, that will hold on to things longer. Can you talk about the psychology behind that and what it means for each one of the personalities? Yeah, well, you guys brought up some core issues. I mean, Amanda talked about being able to do it, but actually having to put some time in it, which is great. I mean, I think decluttering should be intentional and, and conscious. But one of the big fears about decluttering is that you'll start but not finish. So even Derek, your comment about, uh, I can't make time for it. It's true, it does take a little bit of time. And I, I say to me, decluttering is both a skill and a process. Now as a skill, you can get better at it. If you're somebody who easily gets rid of things, it's you're not as challenged. If you're someone who struggles more, you're not you're maybe not going to get your skill level up to someone who's what I call a power pitcher. You know, somebody who can go in and edit real fast and get rid of it and say, "There, we're done." 
But the process is what people really need to understand. Because if you don't know what you're going to encounter when you start this process, it's very easy to get derailed. It's very easy to get overwhelmed. It's very easy to kind of get bogged down. If you just look at it from an energetic point of view, and you oftentimes hear the word chi, you know, with the uh, Chinese point of view on energy, but a lot of stuff has an energy to it and it can get heavy. And, you know, the English word clutter comes from clutter, which actually means to clot like blood. So you have to be prepared to encounter the energy that swirls around your possessions when you're trying to get rid of them. So understanding that process and kind of being prepared for it, I prepare my clients mentally, physically, um, and then with some real strategies to tackle uh, the questions that you need to ask and also to counter the self-talk that you are likely to engage in when you do this that absolutely gets in your way. Um, the most famous, of course, is the, I might need it someday. Yes, I might need it. Yeah. And coming in as we're purging, and, and I do this with friends. Again, I, I'm speaking, you know, about me coming up with things. I think my parents do this too. Well, I, I might use this if I go camping. Are you ever going to go camping? Right. The, the keeping it because it might have a purpose. If I need it and I get rid of it, I'm going to kick myself because I wish I had kept it. I think that's challenging for a lot of people. Well, and if you think about it, we come from a nation of savers. I mean, you know, in the, back in the day or out on the land, people saved things because you didn't know that you wouldn't need it someday. But the truth is you've also mentioned kind of a seasonal or a recreational item that can be challenging because we don't use those things all the time. We think about, well, if we would use them, then we would need them. And that's why the areas that that kind of stuff gets stored in, talking like your garages, your basements, your attics, I call these danger zones. Um, because they're more likely to be filled with items that are seasonal or occasionally used, and you're more likely to say, well, this could come in handy one day. I want to speak to the most severe. This is, uh, there's a show called Hoarders. I know there's some pretty severe psychological issues, I hope I'm, I'm saying that correctly, behind keeping in hoards. Um, not just one item, but 20 items and, and truly not being able to get rid of anything. And then it becomes a detriment to your home, to your family, to your health. In just general terms, if someone listening may say, oh, I know someone like that, or I'm like that, or, or my husband or my parents, what is, is truly going on when someone has that severe level of a decluttering, purging problem? That's a great question, Lita. I, I get asked a question all the time. Am I a collector? Am I a clutterer? Or am I a hoarder? And in fact, I get asked it so often that I speak on that topic because there are fascinating differences between collecting a lot of things or, or, or having a lot of clutter in your home or actually hoarding. Uh, you're right that it is 
a rarer condition. Um, I don't have the statistics in front of me, but we certainly have far fewer people who fall in the hoarding category than the others. The fascinating thing is that now we can scan the brain. We can actually see what parts of the brain light up or don't light up when someone who has a hoarding problem is trying to declutter. And so one of the things we know that actually you almost touched on with Derek a little bit, and Derek, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna put you in that category, so don't worry, I'm not gonna throw you under the bus, but hoarders can't make categories. So if you ask a hoarder, if you say, here are your 30 sweaters, uh, make categories. Now, someone who doesn't have the disorder can figure out, okay, I can put the summer sweaters over here and the winter sweaters over here and the red sweaters here and the white sweaters here. A hoarder will make 30 categories with 30 different items. So you can see right away if they don't have the capacity to sort of separate things from the beginning, then all of the decisions that are made after that are impossible to make because they couldn't make the categories. So they struggle to sort, to prioritize, and they can't bear to edit out something. But in truth, hoarding tends to focus around a lot of possessions that are not really necessary. In other words, you know, papers, plastic bags, you know, Tupperware things, you know, things that we can't even say, um, oh, okay, you can't have too many, you know, raincoats. No, there, you can't have too many twisty ties, which makes no sense, right? So there's a skewed sense of importance with items that truly don't hold much value. And then their inability to separate those tends to throw them into panic or feeling totally out of control. Now, a, a collector on the other hand is able to make decisions uh, and able to discern the differences between um, a, a good quality something and a really fine quality something. So in general, as people collect over the years, um, they tend to refine their tastes and many times go for better and higher level items and so they're able to make those fine distinctions that a hoarder cannot. Uh, for a hoarder, every item is special, even the ones that are literally worthless. Uh, but a collector yeah, will reject you know, one item in sure. favor of another because they understand the difference of value. Well, let's jump ahead just a little bit and talk about the actual process of cleaning out your stuff. Yeah, you talked about the process a lot. So tell us what that process includes. First thing... I suggest to my clients that you make a mission statement. And a mission statement is basically you deciding what you want and why you want it. The reason that this is important is you need motivation to stay at your task. You need power, you need grit. So you need a compelling reason for doing what you're doing and a vision of what it will look like when you achieve it. So this can be done in a small sense. If you're gonna clean out a cupboard, for example, what is it I want? You know, I wanna be able to open up this cupboard and find everything or have it be pleasing in appearance or whatever. But you can also apply this to your home. And my thought for you guys, if you're blending now is 
having some really good discussions about what do you want your home to be? You know, what kind of vibe do you want it to throw off? How do you want to feel when you're inside your home? How do you want the people who come to visit you and spend time with you feel? So the things that most people go for is they want relaxed, but they want they want to feel free in their spaces. They maybe want a little bit of streamline, but they want to be surrounded by comfort and the things that they like. It's an interesting statistic. When you ask most people how they would like to live, they they refer to that second home feeling, which is how we feel in our second homes where we tend to have a little less stuff and a little more space. But I think uh, the two of you kind of deciding, you know, do we want an elegant but kid-friendly home? You know, do we want it streamlined? You know, do we want do we want to be able to walk around the house and show people these fine pieces of art and soak them in and enjoy them? That kind of mission is very important because it's going to keep you going as you're thinking about, well, if this is what we want, then do I need this or do I not need this? It helps you make some of those decisions. I do. I like the discernment of that. I'm going to pause you right there and I'm going to put Derek back in the hot seat and make him answer that question and then I will answer. So, Derek, how do you want our next home to feel? Sports memorabilia? No, <laughs> Julie, not helping. I'm just kidding. <laughs> They'll be the Alabama wing. Oh, oh my gosh. That's not, no, and we're moving to Athens. No, well, <laughs> UGA, we're not having an Alabama basement sitting in UGA territory. I, well, okay. I've been told I'll have my one closet. Okay. And I'll decorate my closet very no, well. No, be serious. Yes, comforting, <laughs> comfortable environment, and, and as you okay, said, kid-friendly. Kid-friendly, comfortable. Um, she's because of her ability she, it's going to be elegant no matter what i mean that's just the talent she has and what she brings to the table but i want it to be the kind of home it's cozy you walk in and and you have that at home feel to it not and i've had friends and uh you know acquaintances through the years who you know, you walk in their house and you're afraid to touch anything it's just so perfect every magazine is in the right spot on the table and Every um, you know trinket on the counter is, is exactly where it's supposed to be, and, and you just don't really feel comfortable. So th- I guess that's it. Comfortable, comfortable kid-friendly. Okay. So that's the same. Uh, mine has always been cozy, comfortable, whether it's my friends, my family, or the kids and your kids coming in, coming home from college. I want everybody to feel welcomed, and just when you walk through, oh, it's beautiful, it's interesting. I will be in my profession I want it unique I want our home to look different from anyone else's I don't want it to be trendy I don't follow trends Uh, but just this big overwhelming basically the the home will be a piece of art but in a comfortable way not not formal art not you know not elegant but very uh, cozy and comfortable and interesting so those are my words all right Julie so if we've answered the questions I'm gonna give it back to you to finish the process so let's say we've we've had the mission statement, we've had the conversation. How do we keep going through this? Well, I want you to prepare yourself mentally. I always say decluttering is ultimately an act of kindness because you need space as much as you need stuff. And all those keywords you guys said about you know beauty and order and comfort and whatnot uh, are can be a part of every decision you make. You don't need too many pots and pans in a house that you describe. 
you don't need so many clothes that you can't that it takes you longer to get dressed in, in the house that you describe, right? <laughs> because you're talking about freedom and, and being relaxed and graceful. So don't be afraid to release things. Fear, expect overwhelm when you do. Your biggest challenges are going to be the negative self-talk, which we might have to save for another day. The fears, the natural fears that come up. People are afraid they're not up to the task or they, they won't finish the task or they'll make a mistake. You know, will I regret something that I've given away? But then we spend time on preparing physically, picking the best time to declutter when you function at your best. We don't want you doing it when you're too tired or too hungry, things of that. Um, setting your space up to do it so you can work easily and understanding that some spaces are easier to work in than others. You know, garages can be cold and, you know, basements can be damp. I help my clients pick an order. Uh, the experts all disagree on this as to where to start. I always say start where you can do so easily and build up momentum. But we want you feeling good during the process, not sick, not tired, taking breaks, either working in silence because that helps or maybe playing music because that helps you relax. And then again, I think for another time, we'll have to talk about the process of analyzing your, your objects to determine the fit between you and what you own. Because happiness with things comes down to an, a subjective experience. And that is your experience of your items. And then quickly, what can be helpful is to realize there's two categories expired objects think of them like the stuff in your refrigerator that's past due right you want to learn to be able to understand that th there was something that really had a value before but no longer does and you have to be able to release that on the other hand you have what i call problem possessions which are things that maybe never worked and you've never used and those can be very challenging because there's something called sunk cost, meaning the longer we own something, the more we feel committed to using it. But in truth, the things that are a part of your past that you no longer need, you need to be able to let go. And the things that never worked and were never right, you need to be able to let go, but also to understand why they never worked we make wrong choices for a lot of reasons and when you can understand those reasons about yourself you can avoid making mistakes in the future extremely informative i feel like we've just had a therapy session sitting here today derek <laughs> <laughs> the breakthrough <laughs> oh no and i hope everyone listening says the same thing i bet there's a lot of husband and wife couples that sit on opposite ends of this and then maybe it's a point of contention but the information julie thank you so much this is just your wisdom and your expertise on this i'm just so grateful to have you on the show today and julie anyone listening now i'm going to interject real quick before I let you tell our listeners how to find you. You do something that I have been following, I can't even tell you how many years, maybe seven, eight, possibly even 10 years. Every day in my inbox, maybe it's Monday through Friday, I get a thought for the day. 
right? You have been writing these and the wisdom. I read this thought for the day every single day that I get an email from you. And getting on your mailing list, for our listeners, if you want a little piece of Julie's wisdom first thing in the morning, these are amazing lessons. Everything that you say, um, the one that came through today, briefly, you guys, it's called Slow Down. And that's in all caps. And who doesn't need that? Right now, I know I'm going at Mach 10 pace. Derek, I know you are too. We're in it. And it is an entire message of meaning. Here it goes. Your task today is simple. Slow down. That holidays are coming up. You know what that means. You don't have to rush. You can slow down. You will get it all done. You will have a nice time. You don't have to be frenetic or harried in tone despite the fact that the world is different this year things will unload perfectly as they are meant to do you can simply completely without reserve slow down and there's three other paragraphs to this message I'm just reading the top Um, Julie tell all of our listeners how can they get on your fantastic email list to receive these messages and and how do they reach you in general if they need life coaching or some uh, psychotherapy assistance again my name is julie spencer rankin uh you can google that and get a lot of uh contact information for me uh but you can also email me julie at juliespencerrankin.com and i am on facebook at julie spencer rankin Well, again, Julie, thank you so much for the time. I appreciate it. And I don't even think we scratched the surface. No, we're not done yet. No, (laughs) we've got a lot more to dig in. This goes deep. I mean, we've asked some really compelling questions, but there's there's a lot here. And I know our listeners are going to feel the same. Yeah, absolutely. I've only scratched the surface, but nonetheless, there's a lot more to learn. I have a really strong feeling Derek will not be here when Julie comes back on the show. He's going to be sick that day. Uh, Yeah, well, the fever's coming on now. Yeah. I don't know when the show is going to be, but the (laughs) fever's already setting in. Uh, And again, thank you, Julie, so much for what you've uh, offered us today. And uh, of course, we look forward to the the follow-up to this, and there's so much more we can tap into. And uh, I encourage everyone to, to seek out Julie and find all her platforms and definitely contact her with any additional questions and we probably will fill some questions through Lita's website uh, to go into the next podcast some additional people may want us to talk about so with that being said Lita I'm gonna let you tell everyone how to reach out to you okay status life with Lita that is my handle Uh, my companies are status market status home design one is an online store the status market and the other is a retail store located here in metro Atlanta that is status home design so my handle, the podcast, the blog, me personally, I go by Status Life with Lita. I am a lifestyle podcaster and blogger. You can find me on Instagram. Find, uh, go there. Give me a like. Uh, I'm trying to build my social media. I do so much. I am incredibly busy and I just feel like I don't post enough, right? So for 2021, that is my goal. I'm going to start building uh, all my social media, but I'm on Facebook, Status Life with Lita, on Instagram, the website, the blog, Status Life with Lita. So if you have any questions, if you have a topic that you want me to cover in a future show, we do everything from health and wellness, uh, of course, today, purging, decluttering, interior design, trend, staging, anything lifestyle, I'll cover it all. So they can Google the words status and Lita, L-E-T-A, and they'll pull up all kinds of, of stuff. Of course. Yes. All the status businesses show up. So. Absolutely. Well, yeah. thank, thank you so much today again, Julie and Lita as well. And thank everyone for listening and joining us on Status Life with Lita, presented by Status Home Design and the Law Office of Derek M. Hayes. 
Don't forget that you can enjoy any of our episodes anytime by visiting businessradiox.com, selecting the Gwinnett Studio, and then clicking on Status Life with Lita. This program is also available on your favorite podcast app. Until next time, for Lita Brooks, I'm Derek Hayes, and you've been listening to Status Life with Lita on Business Radio X. Thank you.